Charles Baird was foremost a planner. He had to be. He was a forester. He was a tall man, fit in a way that did not happen by spending time in a gym, but by walking the rugged land of the Cumberland Plateau, up and down the steep trails of forested mountain coves. He studied some of the last uncut timber parcels in central Tennessee. He enjoyed that part of his job. He also enjoyed other parts of his job as well. Dr. Baird was the chair of Sewanee's Department of Forestry and Geology in the 1970s and 80s, and was my academic advisor for some time. He loved teaching and sharing his work with others. His craggy smile and crystal blue eyes would light up when he discussed what we might expect to see in 20 years in both the planted timber tracks and the preserved old growth coves on the property of the University of the South. He did the same when he talked about the future of hybrid liberal arts and technical degrees that would, the world would need for preserving our earth. Charlie Baird was the son of a civilian conservation corps engineer, a well-educated Yale alumnus, an innovator entirely grounded in the real world of dirt and numbers. He was a devoted husband and father and grandfather and a lover of God. He carried himself with a combination of confidence and humility. He was both steward and servant. Possessing a solid education, a wealth of experience, an understanding of natural systems, institutional organizations, and human nature, when he spoke of the future of the university and its students, he did so with authority. His words carried weight. We heard the word authority twice in Mark's gospel today. He speaks with the authority that no scribe could ever conjure. What does this mean? In the Jewish tradition, the scribes were scholars of the Torah. Scribes were charged with the holy work of determining the meaning of scripture in the context in which they lived. Their work directly influenced the daily life of Israel. Scribes would confer with other scholars and refer to previous interpreters of the law. They would say such things as, it is said that, or teacher so-and-so previously determined, and then perhaps state their own interpretation of law in the context to which it is applied. To me, that sounds a lot like writing an academic paper, but with much greater consequence to the person listening to the scripture. After many years and many different scribes, meanings would become more nuanced. Safeguards were placed around Jewish law. It was and still is a respected tradition of and information for God's people. And in this manner, Israel would accumulate not only laws, but rules and regulations. Some things aren't different today, are they? After calling Andrew and Simon, then James and John right away, Jesus sweeps into the Capernaum synagogue, and as a good model, he does so on the Sabbath. Jesus likely reads a portion of the Torah, then as much as we can surmise, he tells the people listening the definitive meaning of the passage. His teaching is fresh and new, and his words are transformative. This man, this Jesus, did not need to confer with elders or other scholars. 
They say, what is this new teaching? With great authority and the truth he teaches, and does so with clear-eyed assurance that this is what God means when God says X, Y, and Z. We know that our scripture passages are today, but we don't know the passage that Jesus preached. But like my college professor, Charlie Baird, you knew that each word was a truth, as one could say you could take it to the bank. There was no confusion, no second guessing, and the teaching was all new. Mark is quick in his gospel to place Jesus as God breaking into the world, setting the world right by his teaching in earthly places. Inspiring all he encountered, his teaching gave new light and life to Holy Scripture, revealing truths of God's love for his people and deepening the relationship of God's people with God. Jesus' new teaching speaks clearly to the righteous people in the synagogue, and it also speaks clearly to the unclean spirits present. These spirits name the earthly Jesus of Nazareth and also identify Jesus as heavenly, the Holy One of God. In one moment, Jesus sets to rightly order the cosmos as well by banishing the unclean spirits, those forces working against God that disrupt God's intended order of goodness and holiness. Jesus' words of rebuke to the unclean spirits transform the man they possess. Jesus heals with words. What is this, the people say, a new teaching with authority? Authority to banish unclean spirits? It is power. It is his words that heal by banishing cosmic treachery. As Jesus said only a few verses before in Mark, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is near, indeed. We too have that power to teach with authority, having been baptized in both the spirit and body of Christ. Now, not all people have the gift of oratory or teaching per se, I understand that. However, we can be imitators of Christ and we all possess spiritual gifts and can use the authority of those gifts for good. Notice what happens in this gospel reading. The witnesses proclaim Jesus' words as a new teaching with authority so much so that Jesus can control unclean spirits and heal the man. He uses the words to inspire and heal. We have the power to teach and bring others to Christ, and we can inspire and support and comfort our brothers and sisters by using Jesus' words and those he inspired in the New Testament and words found in the Hebrew Bible, too. We do this best by spending time with God in Scripture and prayer, by devoting time and space to do this holy work. By doing so, we allow God to refine our heart, our soul, and our mind so much that we are transformed and given the words. We become the vessels God uses to heal, heal hearts and souls, and yes, sometimes bodies. And it's not necessary to be in medicine to do, this, do so. We already know this. A kind word and a smile can be transformative of mood. The body of scientific knowledge increasingly supports that stress hormones decrease when friends are gathered together. Good brain chemicals are released, and pathways of healing and health are reinforced. That's powerful. 
And you know that sometimes it isn't the authority of words that are needed. I understand saying that, I understand that there are people who are inspired and comforted by just being with others. Sometimes it's just being present with another in silence that teaches and heals. Think of the comfort of having your hand held when you're afraid or when you're sick. No need to say anything. Just being with others can be enough. And when you do, offer prayers to God for thanksgiving and intercession, silently or aloud, as may feel appropriate. The power of the Holy Spirit will be present with you. From the first day of Jesus' ministry, he revealed to us his authority as God's son. He came to us so that all things would be new. He taught so that all who listened to receive scripture in fresh and lively manners. He rebuked cosmic demons, casting them aside so that evil may know it has run its own course. He restored to health the man possessed. Jesus modeled a holy life. And finally, he overcame death itself. We who are incorporated in him share in his godly authority as his followers. We are to be teachers and healers in word and spirit, for the kingdom of God has come near.